This is Front Page. We here at Front Page, we do our best to dig out the truth and bring it to you. Hello, all you freedom-loving people. Welcome to Front Page Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Cameron Goulet. It was a weekend of dramatic upheaval in both the tech and political worlds. The OpenAI company has unpredictably turned on the founders of ChatGPT. The new House Speaker, Mike Johnson, has released capital surveillance footage of the January 6th incident, and President Trump won a legal battle in Colorado and the endorsement from the Lone Star State's governor. Javier Millet, known as the Argentine Trump, won the election and he became the new president of Argentina. He will implement a system of some pretty crazy sounding reforms to some, particularly the getting rid of the central bank. Okay, let's get into it. OpenAI, the developer of ChatGPT, the world's most popular chatbot, dropped a bombshell on Friday by announcing that Sam Altman, The company's CEO and co-founder is stepping down from his position and he's leaving the board of directors. The news has sent shockwaves through the tech industry. OpenAI's reason for firing Altman was that they had lost confidence in his ability to lead the company. OpenAI said in a blog post, Mr. Altman's departure follows a deliberative review process by the board, which concluded that he was not consistently candid in his communications with the board hindering its ability to exercise its responsibilities. The board no longer has confidence in his ability to continue leading OpenAI. So how sudden was this decision? OpenAI employees received their normal emails from Altman on November 17th. The emails made it look like it was business as usual. Microsoft, which has invested billions into OpenAI and has integrated its technology into the Bing search engine, was not informed of Altman's firing until just before the public announcement. Even Altman himself learned of the news at the last minute. On Thursday night, Altman received a text message asking him to attend a meeting the next day. But he had no idea what the meeting was about. During the meeting, he was told that he was being fired and that the news was going out very soon. According to CNN, Altman did not learn about the subject of the meeting until 30 minutes before. Following his departure, CTO Mira Moratti was appointed as the interim CEO. Greg Brockman, the co-founder and president of OpenAI, also said he was resigning as chairman of the board of directors. However, he will remain with the company. A key factor in Altman's removal was the strained relationship between Altman and OpenAI board members. Altman was inclined to push AI development more aggressively, while OpenAI board members wanted to act more cautiously. But then on Saturday, things took another turn. Sam Altman and Greg Brockman were talking to board members about returning to the company. The reversal may have something to do with a new plan by both Altman and Brockman. By Friday night, the two tech gurus were scrambling to launch a new AI company. They were also considering which OpenAI employees would join them. At least three other OpenAI employees have resigned in the past two days. Tech investors have also rushed to show their support for Altman, and they have hinted that they will back his next venture. Eric Schmidt, Google's former chief executive, posted, I can't wait to see what he does next. By Sunday night, there was a third and presumably final outcome 
Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella made the announcement on the company's blog that Sam Altman is joining Microsoft and Greg Brockman is also set to join Microsoft. Colorado 2nd District Court Judge Sarah Wallace ruled on Friday that President Trump's name can appear on the state's 2024 U.S. presidential primary ballot. Previously, judges in Minnesota and Michigan have also refused to remove President Trump's name from the state's Republican primary ballots. But the Colorado case is different from those two states. The Colorado case was ruled on after a trial that lasted about a week. The trial covered whether January 6, 2021 constituted an insurrection and whether President Trump participated in what happened and whether Section 3 of the 14th Amendment applies to barring President Trump from running for president. Witnesses offered testimony on all three of these points. The judge's ruling toward these three questions were that it was insurrection and that President Trump did participate. However, toward the end of the ruling, Judge Wallace wrote that she believed that Section 3 was not meant to apply to the President of the United States. The judge wrote, The court holds that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment does not apply to Trump. The third section of the 14th Amendment prohibited anyone who had participated in rebellions or insurrections from holding office unless they had a two-thirds vote of exemption from Congress. This section was referenced years ago in cases in the wake of the Civil War. The judge noted that the purpose of the clause was to prevent officers who had joined the Confederacy from returning to office. It was meant to apply beyond the Civil War, but the judge said that there was scant evidence that officer of the United States covers the highest office in the federal government. The judge wrote to lump the presidency in with any other civil or military office is odd indeed and very troubling to the court because as interveners point out, Section 3 explicitly lists all federal elected positions except president and vice president. Therefore, the judge ordered the state secretary to put President Trump on the primary ballot. How the January 6th incident should be characterized is a very sensitive issue. Speaker Mike Johnson thinks that the best way is to let the people judge for themselves. After resolving the government's shutdown crisis, House Speaker Mike Johnson gave the American people a Thanksgiving gift. He made public 44,000 hours of video that were taken by Capitol Hill Security Services on January 6, 2021. Johnson tweeted moments before releasing the J6 tapes, Today, I am keeping my promise to the American people and making all the January 6 tapes available to all Americans. To restore America's trust and faith in their government, we must have transparency. Johnson also wrote on X, This is another step toward keeping the promises I made when I was elected to be your speaker. About 90 hours of the first videos were put online on Friday by the Subcommittee on Oversight of the Committee on House Administration. Other videos will continue to be released over the next few months. Speaker Johnson wrote in a statement, This decision will provide millions of Americans, criminal defendants, public interest organizations, and the media an ability to see for themselves what happened that day rather than having to rely upon the interpretation of a small group of government officials. To protect ordinary citizens from being targeted for retaliation, their faces will be blurred. 
and about 5% of the video footage will be edited due to the presence of sensitive security information related to the structure of the building. There's also an option for the public to view the video in person at the subcommittee's office. This will be available for viewing by appointment beginning on November 20th, which is today. Appointments are prioritized. Members of Congress, defendants accused of alleged crimes on January 6th and their attorneys, and individuals who were physically harmed in the Capitol on January 6, 2021, and their attorneys will be given priority to view the video, followed by the U.S. news media, nonprofit organizations, and then the general public. So what did we see in the first batch of these videos released to the public? So what really happened in the Capitol on January 6, 2021? This is something that has been on the minds of the public ever since that day. The mainstream media and the politicians told everyone that there was a riot that day. Conservatives and those who protested that day, including those who entered the halls of the Capitol, said that they just wanted their voices to be heard. Hundreds of participants in the January 6 events have been indicted and convicted, including many who have pleaded guilty voluntarily. The fact that they manufactured a riot narrative is becoming more and more apparent. On the other side of the spectrum, there is a growing sentiment that the prosecution of the so-called protesters is a form of political persecution by the government. Americans are extremely polarized on this issue. In fact, the way to eliminate differences is also very simple, that is to tell the public the truth. This is what the new House Speaker Mike Johnson is trying to do. Speaker Johnson released the first batch of January 6 footage that is accessible to the general public on the website for the Committee on House Administration. Most of the footage shows protesters peacefully walking into the Capitol. Take for example the following video. Police officers are chatting and watching as a large group of protesters walk into the Parliament. The protesters also walk very leisurely. In another video, Police officers waved protesters to walk into the Capitol. The so-called protesters walked in naturally. They were just like ordinary visitors. In fact, the police even gave them directions. At the end of the video, there are some police officers running out of a room in a hurry as if something is happening outside, but the police ignored the protesters inside the Capitol. They bypassed them and they continued on their way. One protester with a flag walked through a group of riot police who even moved out of the way for him. So the videos we've seen so far are proof that the protesters were peaceful at the Capitol. It's more like they just wanted to take the opportunity to visit the Capitol rather than riot inside or to threaten members of Congress. And there are other interesting images. For example, there's a so-called protester who's walking through security. He is shaking something in his hand. When you play the video at slow speed, it looks like a badge. So is he a plainclothes policeman? Previous mainstream media reports have shown footage of protesters who are being detained by the police. In the video that was released this time, some of the protesters detained by the police were released by the police after entering the Capitol. We see that the police uncuffed a man in plain clothes. Then another man punches him in the side in celebration. As the first man walks out of the scene, the second man is seen talking to the police, and it's obvious that they know each other. The Capitol Police need to give the public an explanation. What in the world is going on here? Is this all an act? 
But we do know that there was a confrontation between the protesters and the police that day. The following video explains how the conflict occurred. It can be seen that the police were highly nervous. The police were aiming their weapons at the protesters. There was a group of protesters standing on the steps of the Capitol building. They were agitated and shouting, but they did not act aggressively, and they had no weapons in their hands. They only had flags and signs in support of President Trump, and this is normal in the U.S. So why did the police overreact as they did? The ensuing development certainly became more and more violent. The police continued to shout and throw tear gas. The protesters were very shocked, but they still did not resort to violence. They only shouted angrily. Zero Hedge reported by saying, Each new piece of footage only confirms what many Americans already understood, that the few scant minutes of available footage recycled by the media paint a false picture of what really happened. Many would argue that the J Zero Hedge reported by saying, each new piece of footage only confirms what many Americans already understood. The few scant minutes of available footage recycled by the media paint a false picture of what really happened. Many would argue that J6 was nothing more than a protest that was turned into a riot by police incitement and establishment spin. Prior to this release, the release of video footage of the January 6th incident had been on the agenda that Republicans were trying to push. During the previous speaker's race in January, former Speaker McCarthy traded an agreement to release the video in exchange for the support of Representative Matt Gates, but McCarthy later declined to release the entire video. He released only a portion of it, and he made it available only to some, such as members of the media, including Tucker Carlson, the legal defendants, and certain groups. He also limited viewing within the Capitol. The subsequent removal of McCarthy as Speaker of the House may have had something to do with this. In a post on his Truth Social platform, President Trump congratulated the Speaker for having the courage and fortitude to release the footage. President Trump visited the U.S.-Mexico border in Texas on Sunday along with Texas Governor Greg Abbott for a Thanksgiving-related event and speeches. As Governor Abbott stopped to introduce President Trump, the room erupted in cheers. President Trump served Thanksgiving meals to law enforcement, including the Texas National Guard and Department of Public Safety personnel who won't be able to take time off on Thanksgiving Day. President Trump gave an outdoor speech on border security and immigration policy. In his remarks, Abbott condemned President Joe Biden's border policies as dangerous to the safety of communities across the United States. We need a president who's going to secure the border. We need a president who's going to restore law and order in the United States of America. Not letting these criminals run ransack over the stores that you see images of almost night nightly. We need a president who's going to restore world peace as opposed to this outbreak of warfare under Joe Biden. We need Donald J. Trump back as our president of the United States of America. Abbott praised President Trump for reducing the number of illegal immigrants crossing the border to a decade's low during his presidency. There, Governor Abbott officially endorsed President Trump for president in 2024. He said, 
I'm here today to officially proclaim my endorsement of Donald J. Trump to be President of the United States of America again. President Trump said that he was honored by Abbott's endorsement. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you very much. It's a, a tremendous honor to get that endorsement in particular because he really stepped up. He stepped up to the plate. He's doing the job of what the federal government is supposed to be doing. And I'm just telling you, Mr. Governor, I am going to make your job much easier. You'll be able to focus on other things in Texas. We love Texas, and uh, what they've done is very unfair. They've given the job of the job to you. It's a job of security for our country. It's a job of stopping an invasion, because it's an invasion. And you've done a great job, and thank you very much for the endorsement, Greg. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. It's a great honor. President Trump said that he was honored to receive an endorsement from the governor of Texas because the governor rarely does so. So I just want to thank everybody for being here. Tremendous people, tremendous state. We love it very much. And I'm honored by the governor's endorsement. That's a big endorsement. He's not, you know, he's not free and easy with endorsements. You look at his record. You don't do too many endorsements. I have to tell you that, governor. So this meant a lot to me. And it's an honor to have come here and to accept it. And it's an honor to be with everybody today. And we are going to go out and we're going to make America great again. It's very simple. We're going to make America great again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. On Sunday, Argentine right-wing liberal Javier Millet was elected as the new president of Argentina. He will take office on January 10th. Javier Millet is an economist. He was elected to the Argentine Congress in 2021 during a wave of anti-socialist sentiment. The Liberal Advances Party, led by Malay, also rose to prominence after first entering the Argentine Congress in 2021. That was the first time Malay himself entered politics and rose to prominence against the backdrop of the socialist Peronists and the center-right establishment. This time, Malay ran as a libertarian, a capitalist, and an anti-socialist. As a Latin American libertarian, his positions are at odds with the general understanding of mainstream liberalism in the USA. He is also a member of the U.S. Congressional Committee for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. In fact, he is closer to what we conceptualize as socially conservative positions, such as opposing the legalization of abortion and discouraging business deals with communist countries, including China, which is one of Argentina's major trading partners. He promises to carry out drastic reforms to address decades of policy mismanagement. He plans to abandon the peso to fully implement a policy of dollarization to shut down Argentina's central bank and to drastically cut public spending in an effort to lift the economy of 46 million people out of economic ruin. This policy resonated with the public at a time when Argentina was facing an economic recession, a prolonged currency collapse, and one of the highest inflation rates in the world. According to the official election agency, 97% of the ballots were counted after Sunday's runoff. Malay received 56% of the vote, while incumbent economy minister Sergei Massa received only 44%. Massa conceded in a speech to supporters before the results were announced. Massa said, I want to say that obviously the results are not what we expected, and I have communicated with Javier Malay to congratulate him and wish him luck 
because he is the president that the majority of Argentines chose for the next four years. Malay's victory demonstrates that Argentines have opted for drastic change. Malay supporters say that only he can eradicate the political status quo and economic woes that have plagued South America's second largest economy for years. Argentina's inflation rate is approximately 150%, while more than 40% of Argentines live below the poverty line. At the same time, the Argentine central bank's international reserves, which are used to back the peso, are also depleted, meaning that the Argentine currency could depreciate significantly at any time. In his first public speech since being declared the winner, Malay repeatedly promised to embrace free thought once again. He insisted that his proposals were not new inventions, but a long tradition of classic liberalism, which a century ago made Argentina the richest country in the world. Malay is a fan of President Trump. When asked what advice he would have for President Trump, Malay said at the time, from my humble position, I would say to Trump, to redouble efforts from the same position. Don't give the socialists any respite, not even for a second. President Trump congratulated Malay after the election results were announced. President Trump posted on True Social, congratulations to Javier Malay on a great race for president of Argentina. The whole world was watching. I'm very proud of you. You will turn the country around and truly make Argentina great again. Okay, this is our podcast for today. Thank you again for listening to Front Page Podcast. For more exclusive in-depth content, please go to frontpageshow.com.